Hello, everyone, and welcome to Life Hacks for Working Moms, the podcast that helps you overcome the overwhelm, embrace the chaos, and cultivate a life you love. My name is Megan Strand, and I am so excited to be with you today. This month, it's all about you. We're talking about things that can make your life easier, more fun, as well as critical self-care issues, which is where we are heading today. We're all well aware that we should be getting a good night's sleep every night, but sometimes that just seems impossible. Or worse, even if we've allocated the time for a solid night of dreamland, we find ourselves unable to fall asleep or stay asleep. I don't know about you guys, but that stresses me out when that happens. Well, it turns out that with sleep, like pretty much everything having to do with being healthy, we probably need to take a little bit more of a holistic approach. And so today I am thrilled to be joined by lifestyle and wellness expert, Lisa Coffey to dive into the holistic side of getting a good night's sleep. Hey, Lisa. Hey, how are you? I'm fantastic. You, I'm so happy to have you. Did you sleep well last night? <laughs> uh, you know what? I slept really, really well from the time I went to bed till about 1.30. And then I was up for a little bit. And I, so what happens is sometimes I have to go pull my husband off the couch because I wake up and I oh realize he's not there. So I'm like, where is he? Oh, yeah, he's on the couch. So I'm like up and walking around, which is probably not a good idea at one thirty in the morning. Yeah. And it's not a good idea for him to be falling asleep on the couch. Either, I know, right? Yeah. So are many you, people do it. Are you so listening, many. honey? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I well, mean, I think this sleep is a big problem for everyone right now. It's a, like a lack of sleep is an epidemic. It is. It is. And I don't, you know, I got to tell you, I actually, in the grand scheme of things that I pri- I do prioritize, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good about sleep because I'll tell you, I'm just a walking nightmare if I don't get a lot of sleep. And I think I'm just one of those people that needs, you know, really, truly needs eight hours of sleep every night. Like, I think my husband could probably get away with seven, but I don't know. I don't know. What- eight is actually average because seven, some people can do fine on a little bit less. And some people actually need, need a lot more. Yeah. Teenagers, little kids need more. Older people need more. Um, people who are stressed out need more. In Ayurveda, Ayurveda is the science of life. That's a, one of the uh, like holistic lifestyle things that I practice and teach a lot. Um, there's three different mind-body types, and people who are Vata types need a lot more sleep just because we have a lot more energy that we expend during the day. Oh, that's so interesting. In rec- yeah, in order to recover that energy and recuperate from the day, we need to sleep more. You know, that's interesting that you say that because I have two children and they're, they're both girls, 10 and 12. And one is super high energy and she sleeps like a rock and she needs a ton more sleep than my other daughter who is lower energy and who does like, she can stay up later and she's fine. And she's a little bit older, but not enough that I feel like it makes that much of a difference. So that's actually interesting that you, that you say that body types. Well, the other thing we were going to talk about today, and I'm happy to circle back on the Ayurveda thing because that's fascinating as well, but you sort of have an interesting take on sleep as it relates to something else that I'm a big fan of and that's food. Um, so what the heck does, what the heck does sleep and food have to have in common? Okay. Well, both are essential for our wellness. First of all, um, in Ayurveda, there are three pillars of health. So it's food, sleep, and activity, and each are equally important. And each of those things, one affects the other. So what we're eating can determine whether we have a good night's sleep or a bad night's sleep. It's fascinating. So that... I always come up with a sleep diet to put people oh, on to wow. make sure that you get enough sleep. 
Okay. So let's hear about the sleep diet. So first of all, though, when people come to you, like what's the, what's a common sleep complaint? Well, there are actually three different kinds of sleep disorders. The first kind is when you have trouble getting to sleep. Right. The second kind is when you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't get back to sleep. Right. And the third kind is when you've slept all night, but you wake up and you're still groggy. You feel like you haven't slept enough, even though the hours have gone by. Right. You're not getting that quality sleep. So those are the three different kinds of sleep disorders. What would you say is most common? Um, you know, they're pretty equal, but it depends on the time of year. Cause like a, a lot of people were stressed out. We can't turn our minds off at night. Right. And especially in the winter when things are dry and cold and our, just our brain is going in a different direction. We're a little more scattered, you know, I think it's that falling asleep at night. And there's a lot of bad habits that we're into, like being on the computer right up until bedtime. Exactly. No, we're not supposed to do that, but we do it anyway, you know. So no wonder we can't get to sleep. We haven't had that transition into bedtime that we really need to get our brains to settle down. So when you're prescribing a sleep diet, you've just mentioned three different types of sleep challenges, let's call them. Is the is the answer or the prescription the same for each of those types? Uh, a little bit different, a little bit different. I mean, the foods I would say are the same, but, um, it's, it's an Ayurvedic thing again, too, which is the science of life from India. So Vata types are the people who can't get to sleep at night, right? So for them, they need to be warm. They need warm cooked foods. They need, um, a lot of, uh, restful, calming activities because they're hyper. They're like little hummingbirds, <laughs> right? And so they need a little bit different things, a little bit sweetness. Um, for the second type, those are the pitta types, the fiery, intelligent types that they wake up in the middle of the night and then they can't get back to sleep. And usually it's because they're going through the to-do list of the day of what's coming up. You know, they're anticipating, they're thinking, they're problem solving, they're, you know, they they get into that kind of a thing. And a lot of times with them, it's too much fire. So they need more cooling things. So whereas with the first group, I would say, take a warm bath, you know, be gentle or whatever. The second one, I would say, take a cool shower. You know, it's, you need to cool down that fire so that you get a better night's sleep. And the other ones are the ones who they sleep all night, but they feel like they're not getting enough sleep. They're probably eating too much. You know, they're probably, their body is probably busy digesting at night so that the body can't focus on the sleep activity. It's it's focusing on that digestive activity so they don't feel like they've slept well. Interesting. So since we're going there with the Ayurveda piece, so how do you know if you're a Vata or a Pitta or a whatever the last one was called? Like how, how would you, what was the last one? Kapha is the third Kapha. type. Well, okay. I have a I have a quiz online. You can look on my website. You could go to oh, Ayurveda eCourse or um, what's your dosha.com and there's different um, little quizzes online. But basically, it's like if you're um, more of a thin body type and you're very creative, you're a Vata. Those are the hummingbirds. Okay. And if you're more of an average body type and you're kind of a thinker, you're more intelligent, detail-oriented, that's the pitta. That's a lot of fire. And they're like the eagle. They're 
they're uh, goal-oriented, and they don't waste energy, but they use it very efficiently. And then the coffee type is a little more heavy set. Um, they're a little more mellow, easygoing people, and they're like a swan. They just kind of take the time and see what comes, what goes, and there takes a lot to ruffle their feathers kind of thing. Interesting. Okay. So I will definitely yeah. put those links in the show notes so people can go and take the, the quiz and figure out exactly what type <laughs> okay. they are. But let's just talk about generally, it sounds to me like you have some foods that you recommend people stay away from, no matter their type. Yeah. and foods that they should consider experimenting with. So let's talk about first, like which ones they should stay away from. Okay. So definitely you want to stay away from things. And I'm talking like around dinner time and everything, what you eat in the day up until about 2 PM is going to be digested before you get to bed. So you don't really have to worry about it so much, but so at dinner time. So Broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, super healthy, right? High in fiber, but all this fiber makes the veggies harder to digest. So, you know, if you have them at dinner, make sure you've got at least three hours from your meal to when you go to bed so that these can be digested. You don't want to like, oh, I'm going to have a midnight stack of those leftover Brussels sprouts and, you know, you're going to have them right before bed and then you got, oh, you're busy digesting and then you're going to get gas and, you know, (laughs) you can't sleep when your tummy is working overtime, you know? Um, the other thing is sweets. A lot of people, they want cookies and milk at night or that kind of thing. And the sugar spikes are not good for you when you're trying to stay asleep. It makes your blood sugar fluctuate too much so you can't stay asleep. And like dark chocolate, even though, you know, we know it's very heart healthy and it's a nutritious little snack and of course you're not going to have massive quantities of it right but just a little bit of dark chocolate can be good for you but remember it's still chocolate and it still has some caffeine in it right and that could keep you up at night too if you have it too late be careful about that and then there's a lot of foods that have a very high water content and foods that have a high water content mean act as a diuretic, which means you're going to be up in the night going to the bathroom and that disturbs your sleep. You know, it's best to go to sleep all the way through, but you know, depending on your age, most of us, I was going to say, do people still do that? Cause I know that I don't, I am not sleeping all the way through the night, like ever, unless I'm so exhausted that I just, I can't even walk. Right. But if you get up once in the night, that's fine. But if you're getting up three and four times in the night, I mean, come on, you know, it's like you're really not getting a good night's sleep. So, you know, make sure you're not eating too much celery, cucumber, watermelon, all those have a high water content. Well, and even drinking water, I would think before, but I I know that I have to limit myself of drinking water because sometimes I'll be, I'll get to the end of the day and I'm like, oh gosh, I haven't had any water today. So I'm just going to chug a lot right now. And I regret it every single time because it's like, it just goes right through you. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes by that point, you're too dehydrated anyway. Yeah. It's not really even that helpful. (laughs) Yeah. You're, um, it's like, you know, when you're the ground on on the earth gets really, really dry, and then you water it, and most of that water just, just flows off. There. It yeah. doesn't begin. Yeah. So our bodies are kind of like that, too. And if you have an herbal tea or something, it'll help the water seep into your organs. Oh, or interesting. Yeah. And if you're having, like, um, 
because the herbs act as a carrier. They help the nutrients and the liquids and whatever else you need go to where they need to be in the body. So tea, and, yes. Water, no. Well, herbal tea. Herbal tea, yeah, not caffeinated. Tea. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, of the caffeine. And then you can also, when you have foods, it's also good to eat foods and cook foods in a little bit of oil. Like, because people are saying, oh, low fat, I want low fat, low fat. No, but no, then, that's not good. No, you need, you need that. So, that's a whole you know, other episode. That's an important thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So, yeah, so stay away from red meats and things like that because those are very slow to digest. Stay away from spicy foods, um, you know, because that could give you heartburn, things like that, and make you restless when you're trying to sleep. And um, believe it or not, tomatoes are not good when you're trying to get a good night's sleep because they have this chemical called tyramine. And tyramine is basically an amino acid, and it triggers norepinephrine. Norepinephrine is a stimulant, and that makes you have brain activity, and that delays sleep because you want to calm down your brain when you're going to sleep. That's interesting. So, you know, yeah. So if you want to concentrate and do well in the day, you can have some tomatoes on your sandwich at lunch or whatever, and that's kind of like perks up your brain. That's a good thing. But to have it late at night, you don't want to perk up your brain. You want to calm down your brain. So if you're having, you talked about this a little bit before. So I'm just thinking it's winter. We eat a lot of soups in my house. Most of them are tomato based. So as long as we're eating early-ish and, you know, going to yeah. bed three or four hours after that, then that exactly. should that should be okay? Yes, absolutely. Okay. It takes about, you know, three hours to get the food digested enough so that the food, so that the body can just settle down into slumber. Got it. So okay. have that time, that's great. But, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm hungry right before bed. I need a little snack. I need right. a little something, you know, and they they want they want that midnight snack, as, as you call it. Right. So if you're going to do it, first of all, make sure it's small, very small, not a meal, because Des- having describe a small. meal. Describe <laughs> small. Um, well, I guess, know, I guess we have to thing- talk about, I guess we have to talk about what sorts of things we'd be, we'd be eating as far as alternatives to some of the things we just talked about. So give give me a, a thing right. that you give me a list, a short list of things that you should consider maybe experimenting with before you go to bed. Okay, great. So the yes list, almonds, almonds are really high in magnesium and magnesium is good to help you get to sleep. Okay. So you're not going to have like a bowl full of almonds. You're going to have like four or five almonds, right? Okay. okay. Yeah. And just, just like a little handful. That's plenty. Um, Cereal uh, is great, just uh, but a small bowl of cereal, not like the big old soup bowl, and you know you're just shoveling it in. What about cereal? What about dairy? Do you is is this cereal with milk or or is this? Oh, I I got it. Cereal with almond milk. Oh, there you go. There you go. (laughs) See, excellent. I like the way you think. That's really good. And I'm vegan, you know, so that's kind of like the kind of milk I have in my house anyway. Yeah. And almond milk does have calcium in it calcium in it and soy milk has calcium in it but that's the idea is that combination of carbs and calcium is really helpful when you want to get a good night's sleep so you want to look at cereals that are not not sugary cereals but whole grain um low or no sugar cereals you know so they have a little bit of fiber so you'll feel filled up but you don't need a, a lot of it right 
Is is it just in general, is it a good idea to have something small before you go to bed to help you sleep? Or if you know what I mean? Like, is it, or is this just like, if you're struggling with staying asleep or going to sleep that you should maybe try some of these things? Yeah, it depends on the person, you know, because like I said, you don't want a full stomach before you go to sleep, but you don't want an empty stomach either because if your stomach is hungry and growling and, oh, I can't sleep because I'm so hungry, then that's not good for you either. But the three-hour window is perfect because you'll fall asleep and it actually takes up to five hours to get everything digested. Most of the digestion is done within three hours, but you'll still be full enough to go to sleep. You won't be like hungry, right? But our bodies do need that fasting time when we're asleep. It shouldn't be constantly filled with food. And that's why we have breakfast, which is when you're breaking the fast. Right. So the body needs that time to settle down. And it is working really hard on just, you know, repairing the cells and, um, helping us problem solve from the day before and it's helping our body, mind and spirit during that time. So that's what it should be focusing on, not digesting all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, so far we have almonds and cereal, anything else that is something, and you had, you had mentioned herbal tea before, so we'll add that to the, yes, you should do this list. Yeah, especially things like chamomile. You know, everybody's heard grandma's chamomile tea. It's a nice <laughs> little thing. And again, not a huge mug, but a little teacup is fine. You know, chamomile uh, increases our glycine, which helps relax the nerves and the muscles. So that's a good thing about an hour before bed. Um, the same calcium carb combination you can get with a little bit of cheese and crackers. Mm-hmm. You can even use soy cheese or whatever. Um that's typically a snack that my husband likes. He'll have like cheese, a little soy cheese and crackers or a little um, hummus and crackers. Mm. Uh, so that's like just a few, you know, like three or four crackers. You right. don't have to have half a box. Or anything. <laughs> In um, fact, please don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, another good thing that is kind of recently they've discovered is cherries or cherry juice hmm. because they boost our melatonin levels. So, you know, I think you've heard of those taking melatonin um, tablets and everything because they help our brain to to settle and to rest. And um, there's something about uh, closing your eyes and being in complete darkness, which helps us raise our melatonin levels as well. So you don't necessarily have to take a supplement if you're in complete darkness or if you're taking cherries. That's another way to do it. Interesting. I did not know that. I knew that cherry, yeah. I knew that cherry, actually, I think that I heard this recently, that cherry juice is good for reducing inflammation as well. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, See, there's a, there's a double you know, whammy right there, people. And it has to be, well, I think only, you can only buy cherry juice, like actual 100% cherry juice. I doubt they sell, like, it, this is not, we're not talking cherry Kool-Aid here, people. This is the, right. go to Whole Foods, <laughs> go to Whole Foods, spend the $6 to buy, oh like, whole, full cherry juice. And it's pretty bitter, too. But it's not terrible. Yeah. No, it's not. And it's, um, you know, and you can cook with it and that kind of stuff, too. So there's, you don't have to just chug it. There's other ways you can get it in your system. Excellent. Um, the, yeah. You know, but- the, the, I know that you've got a couple of other things that you're recommending. And I, I neglected to mention the introduction that you're also a spokesperson for the Better Sleep Council. And you're going to be producing a couple of blog posts on this. So, um, we can also link to those as they're, as they're coming out. But I wanted to talk to you specifically about alcohol because 
For me personally, I've found that this has a dramatic impact on my sleep to the point that I really can't, I really can't do much alcohol at all because it just, it really disrupts my own personal sleep. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So basically a lot of people think, oh, I'll have a little cocktail, a little glass of wine before I go to sleep because it'll help me fall asleep faster. And yeah, it does help you fall asleep faster. But the problem is that it disrupts your sleep later in the night. It disrupts our REM sleep. And the REM sleep is the really important sleep we need that's important for our concentration, our memory, and our motor skills. So uh, yeah, better just to avoid the alcohol late at night altogether. And is that the same sort of thing, like you could have a glass of wine with dinner and three or four hours later, it should be okay? Yeah, exactly. As long as you got that three hours in there, you know, so finish. I I like to tell people, try to finish dinner by seven, and then you get to bed at 10. 10 is the ideal bedtime. Six is the ideal waking time. So you get your eight hours in there and you know, you're, you're covered with your body, mind, and spirit in, in that time frame. All the work gets done. All you have to do is sleep. Right. No. And it's definitely good to have a set bedtime and wake time and all that good stuff. But again, that's a whole, that's a whole separate issue. Well, this has been absolutely fascinating. I mean, who knew that food could have such an impact on sleeping, which then has such an impact on your health as we all know. So here's another way to come at it, folks. When you're, we're working on sleep try looking at some of these foods. And what I will do with Lisa's permission is to just list some of these in the show notes so that you have an idea and a resource for things to experiment with. And I guess just the final question, what's, what's the best way to experiment with something like this? So if I'm having trouble sleeping, I mean, if I take cherry juice before I go to sleep and it doesn't help me one night, should I be like, okay, that didn't work. Or should I try that for a week? Is there a trial period you recommend? Yeah, I'd say three or four days because just because you didn't get a good night's sleep one night, you can't like blame the cherry juice. It could have been a bunch of different factors in your life. So three times in a row, if you say no difference, then try something else. Got it. Perfect. There's a lot of different things to try. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, Lisa. This has been fascinating. If people want to find (laughs) out more about you and all of your fantastic resources, how would they do that? Well, um, first of all, for the sleep stuff, you can go to bettersleep.org, and we're going to have videos up, too, videos and also the articles. And I have a lot of other articles about sleep and relationships and sleep and kids and all, I mean, everything you wanted to know about sleep is up there. And then my stuff, you can find everything on my website, which is coffeetalk.com, and coffee's with an E-Y, like my last name, C-O-F-F-E-Y. T-A-L-K.com. And from there, it just links to everything else. Excellent. And there are a ton of resources there. I highly recommend you check it out. And I will put links to all of those things in the show notes. So you don't have to scramble too much for that. And of course you can find, yeah, yeah. Of course you can find life hacks for working moms on iTunes, as well as Stitcher smart radio. We do recommend you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can also find us on uh, the website, lifehacksforworkingmoms.com or LH the number four WM.com. And that's where you'll find the show notes and all the great resources that Lisa has provided for us today. So until next time, stay well, sleep well, and we will talk to you real, real soon. Thanks so much for joining us.